しいですね。Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Dan. And today we're going to be talking about "Don't Play Me" from The Truth,、uh, recorded autumn 1996 at Paisley Park, released on the 29th of January 1998. And on the track we have just Prince and an acoustic guitar and a couple of little sound effects here and there. <laughs>、um, you know, Prince kind of made the album out to be mostly acoustic, but you know there were there were a few little electronic things here and there. Um, the song is two minutes forty-six, and joining me to talk about it today is Victor Zvido. Hello, Victor. Hey, Dan.、Uh, now, in terms of like a, a genre, I don't know if I could say that this is like a diss track,、um, but、uh, that's where it kind of feels like it's、oh, yeah. you know Prince saying to the music industry,、um, <laughs> "Don't play me,"、um, in like in kind of you know two different ways. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of interesting because you know I, I don't know. I I like. Prince at this point, you know,、um, he I think he was close to forty,、um, you know, a, a few months away from forty when when、um, the album was released.、Uh, in the lyrics, he says, "I'm over thirty." So, <laughs> so you know, he, I guess that's correct. Yes.、Uh, but you know, ten years over that is probably you know more accurate. So you know, as an artist about to enter his forties, you know.、Um, You know, Prince was in kind of an odd position because you know when he was, you know, this is basically twenty years after he signed his contract with、um, uh, Warner Brothers.、Um, you know, when they gave him some money for three albums and he spent it all on one.、Um, you know, so he's and this is, I mean, this is not quite the halfway point of his career. I mean, in terms of album releases,、uh, Crystal Ball is the exact midpoint if you,、uh, you know, if you count studio albums. Um, so this is after the midpoint of his, you know, only on a technicality because obviously this came out the same time as Crystal Ball. But yes,、yeah, so, like Prince is kind of, you know, about as close to his midlife crisis as he's ever going to get. And this song feels like him kind of getting angry at the fact that, you know,、uh, you know, the singles from Emancipation didn't get a huge amount of kind of record play, and that, and yet like. You know, eighteen months before that, "Most Beautiful Girl in the World" was like a number one hit all over the world. So it's kind of it's kind of telling how quickly Prince went from being like you know a top forty radio artist to being someone you know posting his albums out,、um, you know, from a one eight hundred number. <laughs> he, like the fact that he like he kind of I, I mean I don't think Prince ever stopped being completely relevant, but you know there are some periods where you know he kind of did stuff that was. Kind of odd, and where you'd be like, I don't know why Prince is doing this.、Um, I don't think the truth is one of those occasions because I think that's you know it's it's quite a simple concept. You know, Prince basically recorded an album over the space of a few days, and you know mostly with acoustic instruments, but you know occasional little bits of、uh, kind of overdubbing, and this was the result was you know、um, you know this album and. In on this particular song, you know, which was,、uh, you know, was、uh, was part of the, you know, it was the B side to the title track,、um, which was released as a single、um, on the fourteenth of February nineteen ninety seven. Although only through one eight hundred new funk, <laughs> again, you know, not officially released. So I, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of funny that you know that was how Prince chose to distribute things was telephone and post. Yeah.、Um, 
but yeah, this like the song itself kind of is almost like Prince being angry that he's not relevant anymore. But then it's a B-side to a single that was released via a phone line. So it was never eligible for the charts. So it's like, in a way, Prince was making himself irrelevant. And, you know, so, and, so then getting angry about how, you know, like saying don't play me, which obviously, you know, has a double meaning of, you know, don't kind of test me. And also don't play my records on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I find it interesting. Again, this is, this is, you know, this is one of those songs that kind of, it, I mean, it kind of has a chorus, which is I've been to the mountaintop and it ain't what you say, which is repeated twice in the song. Uh, but otherwise it's not, there's no real kind of chorus other than Prince re- repeating the words, don't play me at the beginning and end of every verse. Yeah. And this song's just weird. It's, like I'm trying to, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I'm trying to figure out the word. Why do you use the after don't play me? Because I use proper English and I'm straight. Like I'm trying to figure out why is he like is the proper English thing more like he's, he's well known for, well at one stage well well known to hate rap. Is the proper English thing tied back to his hate of rap? But then one of it's straight. No, I think I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I think it's just tied to his hatred of the pop charts at that particular time. Okay. You know, like the, the the kind of the the pop charts from like you know, nineteen ninety six, whatever was in the pop charts at that particular time. I just don't think he liked top forty, like you know, whatever top forty was. Prince was not a fan of that. Um, I I think that's mainly what he's trying to say there. Um, but but yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, he he says I'm over thirty. I don't smoke weed. I put my ass away. I'm, I'm you know music i've played ain't the type of stereo you're trying to feed so like you know he's basically saying that he's dignified and uh you know he's not high and he's you know you know he's he's a sober individual who is properly dressed and that obviously is not good enough for the radio <laughs> um and you know he, he says i'm i'm not in the news again for paying my dues my friend and then he says i'm not the type of gander you prop in my way so he takes the word propaganda and kind of breaks it up which is i think is always an interesting thing um and then we get the kind of chorus which is you know i've been to the mountaintop and it ain't what you say and then there's like a kind of i don't know there's like a sound of someone trying to tune a radio um that kind of plays um you know i mean most tellingly he says you know i'm the wrong color and i play guitar my only competition is well in the past time and time if time existed move in ever so fast don't play me it's basically, he's saying that you know because he's a you know a, a, a black man who plays guitar, that's that's basically not top forty. Which I would say, you know, looking at the charts in the mid nineties, uh, you know, aside from Prince and Lenny Kravitz, who of course at this time was declaring that rock and roll was dead, you know, there aren't many artists who were who would fit in that mold, um, you know, of of being someone playing guitar and you know. You know, again, like obviously rap was was, you know, still quite big and, you know, kind of growing. Um, and obviously, you know, there are, you know, a lot of black men in rap, but none of them are playing instruments, nah, <laughs> which is nah. again, this is a, this is a this is a beef that Prince had with, you, you know, rappers, you know, not for a long time, because, you know, he, he he kind of moved on from the sentiment that he expressed in one single song. Um, quite quickly because you know he ended up with rappers in his band but the idea that people couldn't play their own instruments and you know this is a common theme even now the idea that someone can achieve fame and not you know and just be essentially a person who is a singer or in particular i feel djs 
you know, playing someone else's songs uh, generally is not seen as being a musician. And, you know, even now there are, there is, there are still kind of beefs between, you know, um, I don't know, like aging metal and rock bands and DJs. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think Prince here is saying that he play, he can play a guitar. Um, but unfortunately, the fact that he's black and playing a guitar doesn't get him, you know, airplay in the same way that if he was merely, you know, a rapper, um, you know. So he's kind of arguing that basically he's in the wrong genre and he's too talented. And again, you know, his only competition is himself. Is You know, he like Prince from the 80s is the only competition that Prince in the 90s had. Um, and I think a lot of times Prince in the 90s lost out to Prince in the 80s, unfortunately. <laughs> so... Um, wow, like he was constantly chasing the 80 Prince and he'd never quite, like he'd have little spurts where he caught up, like where all of a sudden he was back yeah. in the charts, had a hit single, getting tons and tons of airplay, he was kind of like still chasing it in the early 90s, but then he still, things would change, fashion would change. Yeah, I mean, you know, he it's funny as well, because towards the end he then says, you know, uh, it's all good when you know only fame is the light that comes from God and the joy that you get to see his name, <laughs> so it turns very religious. Um, you know, and I mean, the fact that he says, you know, um, you, you couldn't play enough of me now to make me feel like a star. Don't play me. I already do in my car. I don't think Prince was ever driving around in a car. You know, I, I feel like at a certain point he had a chauffeur and, you know, so I'm guessing he's making the chauffeur play his own albums while he's driving him around, which just seems like... You know, I mean, okay, I don't know. I feel like you'd be tired of the songs by the time you've already recorded them. I don't think you need to be driving around in your car listening to Prince. If you were at Lights and Prince pulls up in a car playing Prince at full volume, you'd just look at him and you'd be like, Prince, like, you know. Dude, just... <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, he says, you know, obviously one more time, I've seen the mountaintop and it ain't what you say. Um, and then at the very end, he just finishes with already got laid. And I'm not quite sure where he does that, but, you know, that's how he finishes the song. Um, now, around this time, you know, he Prince had conducted uh, an interview um, and uh, <laughs> there was there was a book called uh, Picturing Prince, an Intimate Portrait. Um, and Steve Park, the photographer who, you know, took many pictures of Prince, um, you know, he asked Prince about his, you know, having heard, um, you know, u2's pop and you know prince apparently had said you know with a voice like that uh, you know what i'd do and you know steve park asked him what would you do and he's like become a janitor um so <laughs> prince was very dismissive of the you know vocal stylings of uh bono from ireland um and i think you know some of this kind of stems back to the fact that joshua tree beat sign of the times for grammy of the for album of the year which I mean, you know, looking back, I, I think we can feel that, you know, Joshua Tree is the weaker of that competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, and uh, I mean, not that, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, not that 1988 was a particularly, you know, um, like a particularly good year. Uh, but I don't know. Um, in terms of like, you know, like the overall title, you know, for album of the year, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I <laughs> the song of the year was somewhere out there, um, which is you know from the soundtrack to an American Tale. So that kind of tells you where we were, um, you know, in in nineteen eighty eight uh, in terms of uh, like you know awards. Uh, although it was also where you know the year where Robin Williams won a Grammy. So, <laughs> so 
I don't uh, know. I I, the, I feel like the you know the barbershop quartet episode of The Simpsons makes even more sense when you, <laughs> you realize they had that um, thrift shop song back of back of war. He wanted a head yeah. of head of was it Kendrick Lamar and people just going what the hell is going on? And I think I assume <laughs> this problem with Grammys now is probably the problem with the Grammys had twenty years before that. Obviously, the issue with the Grammys was something that maybe kind of uh, rubbed Prince the wrong way at least. And, you know, he like, I don't think this song is a direct kind of shot at them, but it's certainly a shot at, you know, the fact that, you know, you two were still getting airplay and, you know, their debut album came out a couple of years after Prince's debut album did. So they, their, their careers are pretty much at roughly the same you know kind of time. But Prince is is not getting airplay. Um, and, you know, which is, like I said, so weird because literally 18 months before this, he had like a number one hit all over the world with most beautiful girl in the world so prince could still turn out a hit uh, but it just for some reason at this point you know radio didn't want to play him um which i i mean at the same time prince was making a rod for his own back by releasing his you know songs in such odd ways that i don't think radio stations <laughs> knew how to get a hold of copies of them basically um so but interestingly you know uh, um you know a few years later I, I don't know why, but, um, you know, Prince was, was you know, at the 10th annual Webby Awards. Um, and he, you know, he made an appearance because he was getting a, uh, you know, a Lifetime Achievement Award or something like that. Um, and now, interestingly, this is this is the year where um, at the Webby's, Gorillaz won Artist of the Year. And um, Thomas Friedman was Person of the Year. Uh, Mark Cuban was Entrepreneur of the Year. I think he just sold a website which turned out to be completely useless to someone for, a, you know, a few hundred million. And the breakout of the year at the 10th annual Webby's in 2006 was MySpace.com. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> that is that is where we were. So as Prince received his award, um, he, you know, pulled out a guitar. And for some reason, I don't know why, but he chose to play this song. And this is a song that at this point is eight years old. Um, you know, in 2006, Prince had an album out. He had 3121. So he, I don't know why he didn't play a song from 3121, <laughs> but he he just decided to to play this song. Um, you know, just him and a guitar, um, which I guess you know makes sense because out of all this, like out of all his albums, this is probably the easiest one for him to just kind of play live. You know, off the cuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just such a weird thing. There are, there are kind of perform, you know, filmed performances of it, um, but they're all very kind of low quality and they're people standing on the side of the stages and they're kind of, you know, at an angle and you can't really hear the song. Um, but you know, aside from like the kind of, um, you know, the, the kind of the effects that are on the song, you know, that, that doesn't appear in the live performance, obviously it's just Prince and a guitar, but, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, for me, I would have to say uh, I really like this song. Um, I like a lot of the songs on the Truth, probably a lot more than anything on Crystal Ball. Um, and I would I would say for me, this is a five out of five. You know, it's one of those songs that you know I listen to quite a lot. In fact, whenever I listen to the Truth, this almost always happens. It doesn't matter which song I listen to, I end up listening to the rest of the album. Like as soon as I start listening to one song on the album. I just keep going and I just listen to the whole thing. I think because a lot of the songs are quite short, but also because, you know, I really enjoy kind of the sound of that album. You know, it is just mostly kind of Prince's voice up against a guitar, you know, and the occasional bit of effects here and there. Um, but it, it's kind of, you know, the kind of... Out of all of Prince's albums, I would say, like, it's the purest to him just 
kind of just being in the studio and just being able to, you know, you can imagine sitting in one of the studios at Paisley Park and Prince just sitting in the corner, just, you know, playing all these songs one after the other, you know, just kind of while he's rehearsing them or something. Um, so, you know, for me, it's, you know, this is probably, I would say from the 90s, maybe, I don't know, my second or third favourite Prince album. Um, you know, I've, you know, I feel like a lot of the material on here is kind of really strong. Um, even if kind of <laughs> this is basically a song of Prince bitching about how no one is playing his songs while he's choosing to release his songs in such a an awkward manner that nobody could actually get hold of his songs at this point. Um, I always find that kind of irony a little funny. This, there's something with this song, it kind of, to me, I'm going to give it a long rate of review, but I'm going to give it like a three and a half, four, only because the song kind of, towards the end, it kind of just runs out of steam. Like, I love the fact that he's playing, he's singing, he's singing the guitar, and your point about this is probably the only album where he does it. Three and a half, four. Uh, Prince had played the song live a couple of times in 2002, and then that performance at the Webbies uh, was the final time he played it. <laughs> he, he he never felt the need to cut. I don't know, it, to me it feels funny because it's almost like Prince is like, I'm at this event for websites, I'll take a shot at the record industry <laughs> through this song that is eight years old. It's like such a weird kind of... and. You know, the crowd kind of clap along to it, but they don't really seem to know the song, so they kind of get lost a little bit. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's it's just such a kind of... It's such a weird kind of um, song for him to pick, you know, and it just kind of makes him look a little bit kind of like petulant at this awards ceremony. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Don't Play Me, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Uh, there's nothing for me to plug, Darren. You can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Victor. Uh, thanks, Darren. And otherwise, don't play this podcast. Welcome.